Hey everyone, welcome back to Fabulous Women Over 40, where we curate conscious conversations with women and men who are impacting the world. I'm your host, Kara Allen, celebrity stylist and personal image brand consultant. Today, my fabulous guest is a mom, a speaker, a TV personality, and the curator of The Good Life. Welcome, Barbara Majeski. I'm so happy to be here, Kara. I love these conversations. I love it too. Thanks for being here. <laughs> well, third time is the charm, right? We'll get yeah, it right. Of course. We, we're getting it right. <laughs> we're getting her did. We're getting it in. Get it done. Okay. So tell me about your upbringing and your family. Like, where did you grow up and how many siblings did you have? What was growing up in the Majeski household like for you? Well, I'm Schwartz. I call it growing up Schwartz. Um, that's my, my maiden name. And so I have a fun family fact. I am a twin. Um, don't worry there. He's a he. So it's Barbara and Ben. Um, I'm the older twin. So anybody's listening, this is like a big deal on baby a, and I have younger twin brothers. They are Michael and Steven. They were born three years after us. And the funny, the fun story that I don't, particularly remember, but I've heard it told a million times is both pregnancies. They told my mother she was having one kid and then uh, two came out that um, twins do run in our family. My mother is a triplet. And um, yeah, so that was grown up Schwartz and um, one of my brothers. So that genetically we have multiples in our family, but we also have a condition known, known as fragile X which mm. also is a genetic component runs in our family. And my brother, Steven has fragile X, which is um, a genetically inherited form of neurological impairment. Um, it's a lot like down syndrome. Um, but uh, yeah, so he, uh, he has fragile X. So we have twins in our family, fragile X in our family, and all of it is, all of it is a blessing. <laughs> so that is my, my grown up Schwartz in a nutshell. Oh. <laughs> and where did you grow up? So I grew up in, uh, in New Jersey. I am, I'm Jersey. I am all Jersey and you'll hear it come out, especially when I'm all fired up. Yes. <laughs> Me and Bruce, Jersey. Bon Jovi, Snooki, <laughs> and <Right>. Babs. <laughs> so what was your relationship with your parents like? Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, it was growing. I do call it grown up Schwartz. I mean, it was, full of fun and fabulous adventures for sure. I think the big, you know, the reason I bring up my brother more is, um, it was, I was born in the seventies. He was, you know, they we were all born in the seventies and it was a different time in the eighties growing up because down syndrome, fragile X autism wasn't as well understood and there weren't as many resources and it made us a bit of an outcast a, a outcast of a family my brother would have outbursts and behavioral problems and um he also had um said it had issues with food so we couldn't like go to a restaurant because something right. you know we never knew what was going to stay down it was kind of a crime scene and um <laughs> but with growing up in that capacity, we I learned so much about, first of all, the world did not revolve around me. I had to figure mm -hmm. a lot of things out on my own because I couldn't make myself the center of the universe. Steven right. really became kind of um, the center of like, how can we take care of him, his needs? Um, and I was okay with that because it gave me a lot of um, ultra independence and gave me something of like, let me figure it out. Let me, let me, uh, let me make it happen. It gave me these yeah. muscles that I don't think I would have had 
access to if somebody was always like, oh, let me do that for you. Let me do that for you. Oh, I've got you. Let me talk for you. This is what it gave me more than anything growing up. Schwartz is it gave me my own voice. Like mm -hmm. I, it gave me an ability to articulate myself because I wasn't always just speaking up for myself. I was also speaking for my brother at times mm -hmm. um, and advocating for him. So it gave me, um, gave me a really big mouth. And I am actually, even though people think I'm like extroverted, I am actually an introvert. I'm actually, I am by um, circumstance have learned how to become very extroverted. Um, but I am by, I, I'm an introvert. I like one-on-one -on -one conversations. I like small groups. I have to, I can only go out on a Friday or a Saturday night. Like I'm a very odd, duck this way. Well, I don't know if I'm on. I'm just, <laughs> but yeah, so I think, um, and my, you know, what I did, the takeaway and I'll land it here is, um, what my parents not only gave me the ability to figure things out, um, very early on and build those, those muscles. Um, they also, I also learned how to shift gears. Things mm -hmm. would go wrong. Things were all out of Steven was unpredictable right. and life is unpredictable. And I learned very quickly that it wasn't what happened to you. It was how you handled what happened to you. Right. Like things would literally unhinge at McDonald's. Sometimes we'd all go out mm. for McDonald's and something would happen. My brother would get sick or just, he would have a meltdown in the middle of McDonald's. I don't know why McDonald's was like what we could afford growing up. So I had right. a lot of that stuff. I'm probably still working <laughs> it off. Uh, but I, my dad wouldn't get embarrassed or frustrated or thrown off. My dad would just clutch down gear shift. Like it mm. was like, all right, got, all right, everybody in the car, let's go. It right. wasn't this overly dramatic. And I see parents, oh my God, like <gasps> something happens. <laughs> right. Like I just learned how to shift gears. And um, an interesting happened this weekend. I was at a wedding and my daughter is 10 and she's in this adorable dress that she loved. Mm. And she goes and gets a Shirley Temple. And the first thing I say to her, I'm like, don't spill this on yourself. And of course, <laughs> karma, 30 seconds later, the girl... Just literally yes. spills a Shirley Temple on her adorable dress. <laughs> and my boyfriend's sitting there watching this exchange and he's like, mm. and I don't react. I'm like, all right, well, let's get some, like, I don't react because I learned how to just deal with things. Right. And because I didn't react, she didn't react. Mm. And it became like, all right, let's get some napkins and clean it up and not a big deal. She didn't have a meltdown. This is a 10 year old. And he was like, wow, she didn't. I'm like, she follows she will mirror how I react if I get mad or I get like, but I learned growing up Schwartz, like clutch down, shift gears. It's not going to take the stain out yeah. of the dress. You're not going to reverse history. You're not going to unring a bell. <laughs> You're not unringing the bell. The mess has happened. Now clean it up. So I have this really strong mechanism of shift gears, fix it and move forward with life. Like you right. want me on the battlefield with me, with you. <laughs> I'm going to sit there and cry over spilled, uh, Shirley temples. Yeah. Be great. It's what spilled. Let's go. Clean her up. Clean her up. Fortitude, and, I think. Right. Like fortitude in a, in a quick, quick way of yeah. ascertaining, like what I can only control how I handle this. This is a mess. Yep. I really don't want to deal with it, but I've got to deal with what's at hand. I'm not, reversing time. I'm not, and I, again, I'm, you can't unring a bell. I can't, yeah. like I told you not to spill it on yourself. I wouldn't have ordered it, but you ordered it, you drank it, you spilled it on yourself. Now let's clean it up and let's have a good time. We had a, with the best time at that wedding. It was not That's hindered so by the, uh, <laughs> by the new tie dye print on her dress. <laughs>
<laughs> it was purple. Now it's tie-dye. And we actually <laughs> laughed about it because the funny part was, I'm like, I told you not <laughs> on yourself. So we laughed. Like it wasn't, I think I, um, I, I don't know. And I want to teach people more of that. Like, yeah, just, it's not the, if my biggest problem was she spilled, you know, grenadine on her dress. I'm like, you know, my life is pretty right. Good. Nobody's dead. Yeah, like <laughs> these are good. Go to the hospital. <laughs> Thank you. Like these are good problems to have. Like okay, I'm at a. I'm still at a wedding. The, you know, it was a beautiful day. There's so. I'm like these are good. Like fine, we can clean it up. I can get you a new dress. This is not tie dye. Is very hot right now. Okay? <laughs> and you're not the bride. That. You know, that's another thing. Is I'm. You're, yeah. you're not. You're not the bride. We're not in the bridal part. Nobody's looking at us. Right. And we and can even edit. If we we can, were. <laughs> And it's also like, it's part of life, you know, things yeah. are going to go wrong. The tire is right. going to blow out. Um, the mics are not going to work. The internet's not going to work. Like how you handle it. Okay. Just, yeah. you know, stop. Too many people are like, get into this drama <laughs> spin. I'm like, pull it yourself together. Again, yes. And that's grown up Schwartz. It was like, pull it together. Yep. We never knew what together. was going to happen, but it didn't mean we didn't stop going out. We didn't stop living life. We didn't stop doing things. We still went to amusement parks and stuff like that. Right. Um, but when the wheels fell off, we just had to shift that gear. <laughs> and yes, I can drive a five-speed, ladies and gentlemen. So Yes, we sure that. <laughs> I love that. I learned on a, five, on a stick shift too. So yeah. It's yeah, to the, so the detriment. Anything. <laughs> yeah. I, my friend actually bought her kids a five-speed, which you have to now really order mm. so that nobody could steal their car. <laughs> <laughs> think about it like that's true most thieves don't know how to drive five only one out of like what 90 thieves know how to drive five speed and you know if you really don't have the feel of a clutch you're stalling out i'm gonna catch you on my right. video cams i'm like oh, i gotta do that because that would just that's be fun so to, awesome. i'd love to watch somebody steal my my five speed i just sit there <laughs> i would sit there with my coffee and be like how's that working for you you want me oh to give you a little God. lesson <laughs> That would be hilarious. <laughs> of course, I'd bring them in my, the house and offer them coffee and be like, okay, listen, it's much better to earn things than steal things. So let's get, <laughs> let's get down. Let's just, tell me about your childhood. So anyway. I think you might have missed, well, maybe not missed because you're still, you can still do it, but you, you'd be a great stand-up comedian, honestly. Because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything is, your sense of humor is just like, I'm, thank you. I feel like, honestly, <laughs> I crack myself up more than anything else. I'm like, ah, like, I have to send you this meme. It's a picture of like Kermit the Frog and he's got like an, an oxygen mask on and under that it says like, here I am laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> put it on like my Instagram. I was like, that's me. I'm like, yes. I so I appreciate that you appreciate my sense of humor. Cause that is also growing up Schwartz. Like you had to have a you sense have of humor. Yeah. I got that from my family. I'm like, you can't cry about this. <laughs> you have to laugh about this because this is going right. to be a really good story. <laughs> and you know, it's funny that you bring up humor because this, this bears telling I was at, I was getting a divorce and my husband at the time hired these celebrity attorneys and they are, were cute. And they were like, kill, they were crushing me. I was getting my ass handed left oh and right. I was, it was a total crime scene. 
So we go into this meeting and we're in this conference center and I had hired some yucca yucca, an awful attorney because I've <laughs> never been divorced. And I thought it was all like cut and dry, like hire an attorney, right. split it down the center and you go do you, I go do me. But this, right. uh, this was my first rodeo. This was my husband's third rodeo. <laughs> oh, he knew man. what he was doing. So right. mama showed up with like a water gun to a pistol fight. Okay. I showed up with a water gun. He showed up, he came to play. He has these two high powered attorneys. So we're in this, like this conference room and he's glass doors and it's all fancy and I'm getting my ass. So there's this exchange between the attorneys and my attorney doesn't even, I don't think she even knew my first name. I mean, honestly, oh when God. they do the movie, she's like spouting the stuff and I can speak for myself and I'm not supposed to cause I'm, you know, the client and right. she's just getting her ass handed to me. And I might as well have just handed the shirt <laughs> off my back. Cause I literally was going to be penniless. And so oh, finally I'm like, this whole thing's going back and forth. And I stand up in the drama pants that I am. Cause I'm going to like, I'm like, I, we need to stop. This is like really spiraling out of control. So I stand up and I'm like, we're done here. And, um, we're just going to proceed in another direction. Cause I'm being drama. I'm, I'm gone with the wind. And I stand up and I go to, I go to like open the door and I guess I didn't know which way it swung. And I walked right into it. Oh, <laughs> So I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm trying to be like all, gone with the wind and I had my, you know, I look the part, like I right. look in the part and my, my attorney's a schmuck. They're kicking my ass. And instead of like being all like, Ooh, she's, she's calling the shots. Look at this big shot. I walk into the fucking door <laughs> and it's like a thud. Like I thought it was going to fall off the hinges. I mean, it's like in a movie and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, embarrassing, man. It oh, was so, I mean, and you know, like when you're embarrassed and like you start to sweat, I'm like, I can't breathe. And everyone's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I think um, I just reset, factories reset myself just now. Tara, honestly, when they do my, my e-true Hollywood story, I want blood coming out of my nose. <laughs> I want the glass, I want the glass to shatter. I want the whole thing. And in the moment though, you know, I'm like, oh my God, they're probably getting a good laugh. But I won't let anyone get a laugh without me being involved. I'm like, you know, something right. like I'm sure that, but so I tell the story now instead of letting them be like, they can tell it. And even, I mean, I'm sure they can tell it in a better way. Like what a schmuck I looked like, but I was like, if there's a story and to, like to tell, Ooh. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm so yeah, I made a total ass out of myself. that day. <laughs> Hey, I think everybody's walked into a glass door at some point, but, but maybe in not this at a moment, moment like that. <laughs> Like, no, I'm just going to take full control of this situation and be so important. I'm going to be so important. And I'm going to show people that I don't take no shit. And I fucking walk into a Right. But at the same time, like I could sit there and be embarrassed about it. Or I can just like, I think that's where people become like very like, Oh my God, I'm so, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so humiliated. I'm like, it's a, it just take, take back your power. Don't let anyone right. take away your power and it's okay to make an ass out of yourself. Right. It's, I used to be so afraid of like embarrassing myself and like, what are other people going to think? And right. I remember before I started going on television, like I was so worried about, oh my God, what if I mess up on TV? And then I went on TV last fall and I tried to say the word um, sauce, sor um, sorcery because I was talking about like the fire pit and it's smokeless and Hoda's mm -hmm. like, hey, how does a smokeless fire pit work? And I was like, it's sorcery. And I'm like, 
the whole jersey the, came out. The, I was like, what the, <laughs> what the sorcery? And I'm like, that's not, I'm like, that's not the word. And then I tried again, a sorcery. And I'm like, wizardry but i couldn't my jersey got in the way and i felt like that immediate hot flash of like oh, i'm so embarrassed right. and what are people gonna oh my god everyone's gonna make fun of me and the internet's gonna chew me up and spit me out meanwhile the internet <laughs> didn't give a shit but at the end of the day i think sometimes we get wrapped around like me but the truth is kara what i hope to impart in these stories is that mm -hmm. i'm still in the arena and you know i felt like oh my god everyone's gonna laugh at me and then i was like yeah, but I was still on national television living my dream with Hoda and Jen right. on the Today Show. So so I dropped a sorcery bomb instead of a sorcery bomb. And that's, right. that word just doesn't work for the, the jerseys. Okay, we just sorcery. Um, and that's why I tell the story of like, I think we like make this thing up in our head, like, oh my God, we're going to make an ass out of ourselves. And sometimes we are, but yeah. it is only shameful or humiliating if you'd let it be. Right. It's that's a decision. You can own, own it as I'm um, so humiliated or <laughs> that's kind of funny. You know, yeah. like most likely you can probably spin your most humiliating story um, into something that really aligns you with other people. They're like, God, what an idiot. And like people are like, I like her because she's a schmuck like the rest of us. Right. And you real. realize that some of your most humanizing experiences allow you to be most relatable because you're not, you're, you're not, we're so busy giving off this imagery of like, we're perfect and nobody's yeah. perfect. You met a perfect person. You met a liar. Um, so <laughs> now yeah, that guy got to go with on, you know, <laughs> But I don't know if he's circling the earth right now. I mean, he's, you know, <laughs> hanging around. I don't well, think he's wearing, well, he's not wearing a, a, a baseball cap and hanging out no, on the body no. circle. But. <laughs> but it's like Oprah told that story too about when she was talking on TV and she said she called something, whatever it was, and she started laughing hysterically on air and she got reprimanded for it. But then everybody started calling in and was like, who is this Oprah girl? Like, she's so cool. It's the same thing. Like, you know, in our human moments, if we just, sort of laugh at ourselves and other people are going to laugh with you, you know, and so, let it go and then let it go. <laughs> but if you hold on to it with like humiliation and shame, like I did in that moment when I walked into the wall, I was like, Oh my God, like, what are they saying about me? And I was like, nothing I can't say about myself first. I could tell the story better. Uh, you know, and I just, I, I, I really do care share these things with the utmost intention of pe hoping that people will dissolve that need to be perfect or to right. not humiliate themselves and almost encourage like get out on the field get in the arena <laughs> and go make an ass out of yourself you're either going to learn or you're going to win you're either going to win or you're going to learn those are your options right. um and yeah and cheers like to i saw thoughts. that going differently in my mind <laughs> yeah all right oh my god that, getting up out of that conference room i was like uh, i'm so important i'm controlling the situation now who's in charge i'm in charge and then i was like i am I then god was like uh really wow <laughs> wow you really show you really showed us that i was a clown i looked like a turkey <laughs> i look like a total turkey and my, and my all my all my drama was like totally i looked like a total turkey pants and it's okay. I still like it's. It's all part of my story. I don't know. At least when somebody else embarrasses themselves, like if my God forbid, you know, like I don't know. If my kids go out for like 
a play or do something and they slip and fall or they do something. And it's just this epic fail. I can commiserate with them. And I'm like, don't worry. That doesn't define you unless like, I think people carry a lot of shame and humiliation and like uh, fear because they're afraid of embarrassing themselves. Please go embarrass yourself today. Everybody go out there. (laughs) Go make an ass at yourself. Don't walk into walls. Don't hurt yourself. But (laughs) right. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't break the glass if you can help it. But yeah. If you if can make, can, if you can avoid, but you really can't avoid making an ass out of yourself every once in a while, because that's kind of no, a part of humaning, like, and yeah. it really does. I mean, <laughs> I got my sense of humor because I like, you're either laughing about, you're either getting bitter or better. Right. So, right. It's so anyhow, true. Those are, those are, that's me. So when you think about the fact that you ended up being a TV personality, what would you say growing up Schwartz was that part of it like did you know you had a propensity for being a you know a talker or whatever when you were a kid or that just sort of developed out of everything that you went through in your younger years and all of that uh I always wanted to be on tv I remember seeing like Regis and Kathy Lee and I was like oh my god I just want to sit and talk to celebrities and I just I like I think even though I am I can be very introverted I find people fascinating I get very curious so I do like one-on-one conversations I like learning about people I find people just absolutely fascinating and um I like building those bridges and those connections because the more I talk to people the more similar I realize I am with people that I would have never assumed especially like in clubhouse I have found like these alliances with so many people that if from looks alone and background alone, you would be like, I don't see that. But then you right. start talking. Like I talked with Jerry Malcolm yesterday and we are like, we are, I mean, he's a, he's a brother from another mother. Like I, <laughs> like everything we talk, we just are so in a line with how we think and, you know, some of our uh, trials in life. So um, I think as far as TV was concerned, the, the truth is, is even though I, learned how to speak and advocate for myself and my brother, I had raging insecurities, um, Mm. for whatever reason. Um, I also had a unibrow far longer than you should have. (laughs) Nobody intercepted that guy, (laughs) but I figured it out. Now I'm all jazzy pants with my eyebrows. Um, but that was, you know, I should have, somebody should have come in a little earlier on that, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) What matters is that, um, I was plagued with ridiculous insecurities. And I think it disabled me from living at the highest expression of myself. And when I was Mm. going through my cancer treatments and I wasn't doing well, so I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2015 and I went through treatments for six months in 2016. And when I was really in the fight of it, I was like, I this is where my story ends. And there were things I didn't do. Like I was proud of certain things that I had accomplished. Um, but I was also incredibly mad at myself for like, you never even tried. You, yeah. you failed in the pursuit. Like, and I think that's, you know, that was my takeaway mm. in that moment of like, I never even tried. I talked to myself out of it and like without right. even taking one step, the next right step. And I swore if I ever survived cancer, I would never let those voices of insecurity reign supreme in my life. And I was like, you know what? I would rather fail in the pursuit 
then fail to pursue. Um, yeah. That changed the trajectory of my life once I did get out of cancer. I was like, I would rather be in the pursuit of, put me in the arena. Yeah. I'd rather make an ass out of myself in the pursuit than mm -hmm. actually be sitting on the sidelines because they do not give trophies to the spectators. So I really was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, right? And it's not my original quote. I, I stole that from somebody, that I, but it lands. Um, um, you know, people ask me all the time, and this is very important. People are like, how'd you, how did you, I, you know, I went on TV when I was 42. How did you get on TV? And I used to answer this, Carrie, I used to say, oh, well, I hired a media trainer. And every time I said it, I was like, that's not the right answer. It's not the right answer because I feel like we are in a society right now of gluttonous, Overconsumption. We buy, right? We buy the things to get the things. We buy the Pelotons, we buy the gym memberships, we download the apps, we buy the courses. And then we don't see it come to fruition. We're like, well, that, yeah. that influencer told me that if I buy these supplements, I can, you know, I'll have energy and I'll be so skinny <laughs> right. and all the things. And then you buy this, right? I'm like, but you buy the things to get the things. And it's like buying the media trainer to get on television. Mm. You can't buy the things and get the things. You have to do the things. And this is a right. space that I think that I'm trying to fill in my own um, programs and my own teaching is there's a giant abyss between knowing what you need to do and actually doing the things you need right. to do. I think people know what they need to do to get the outcomes, but consistently doing those things and staying committed is 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 the, is the arena you need to get into, right. you know, you can't buy the books and then just read the books. You actually have to yeah. buy the books, read the books right. and then apply the knowledge in the books. You know, yeah. you can't just, it's like, um, you can't read a book about getting pregnant and expect to have a baby. <laughs> I don't mean to break this to everybody, but you have to do the things to get the things. And even if that's like adopting, you have to do things, even, you know, yeah. obviously I'm talking about doing the vertical mambo here and getting like naturally, <laughs> but whatever you take it for what you need in your own context, in your own story, but you cannot get pregnant by just reading the book, right? The things that the book tells you to do, <laughs> yeah. whatever book that is that you read, that's not for me to say. Um, and I think that is the big abyss that I'm trying to help people cross, but I was part of the problem and now I'm trying to be part of the solution. And the problem was I was telling people I hired a media trainer and then I give people the media trainer. Mm. And it really was not. I had to do the things. I had to yeah. practice. I had to learn sound bites. I had to, um, I, I didn't, I couldn't just study, but I had to like put myself out there and I mm. had to show up. Like I had to show up and I had to show up in the suck, you know, in that, like, yeah. that was like really bad. And, <laughs> you know, and I had to be awkward and like frustrated and like a nobody. I had to right. start at the, like, the, I had to start, start in the suckery. And I think what to the, to the detriment of people in their forties is that your mm -hmm. best self is actually it at every um, floor of your life, your forties, your fifties, your sixties, like you can, True. you're going up, you're not going down. You're going, yeah. <laughs> like we're moving on up and things are yep. happening. But I think we've been conditioned. Like we're supposed to hit our mark in our twenties. You don't know. Sh I don't, you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, no, not happening. You don't not, you don't even know who you are in your twenties No. and your thirties. You're really starting to compile an understanding of who you are and experience. And you're starting to draw boundaries yeah. and you're really coming into yourself in your forties, man. That is when you need to hit the ground running. And I don't feel like we condition, um, people in society to understand your best self is what's ahead of you. Not, not behind you. That's what's actually True. built the, the very person that you are. So anyway, the answer isn't hire a media trainer or buy the Peloton or buy the supplements. <laughs> it's, it's about application. It's about doing, it's not, you know, yeah. um, and for me, it, 
the number one step in getting from what you getting what what you want and actually getting it like actually knowing what you want but then getting it um is actually the mindset is i always wanted to be on tv i always knew what i wanted you know some mm-hmm. people know the lifestyle that they want some people know the the health that they want to have the happiness in a relationship they know what they want right. but it's the the doing it's the um and i think i knew i wanted to be on tv but i actually was like well I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not smart enough. Mm. I I changed my mind about that. And I was, that yeah. changed the tra- trajectory of my life. Change your mind, you change your change your destiny. Your perception becomes your reality. And I decided, you know something? I would just rather I'd rather fail in the pursuit. I'm not here. And then my first booking was the Today Show. Oh, there's so much serendipity in that. <laughs> so my first cool. booking is the Today Show. Oh my god. Okay, here we are. <laughs> What's so- up, Hoda? <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, that whole story, that whole like even crazy pants. So go ahead. Yeah, I love that. And so did you have mentors when you were younger and did you end up meeting any of them? Like who did you follow that gave you those types of that, oh, I love that, that question. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know that I had men- mentors in my face. I had just people that I like would look at and be like, I like that. How yeah. did you get that? So I've <laughs> always been very curious. I'm like, well, I don't have that. How do you get that? And <clears throat> fortunately, even though my parents couldn't provide <clears throat> the material things in life that I think that I ultimately wanted, you know, right. like, <laughs> <laughs> a house, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Um, they gave me the belief that if it was out there, then it was out there for me. And a story that I tell often is my dad, my parents would take us driving around neighborhoods. And even though we didn't even, you know, we lived in a one bedroom studio apartment in Plainsboro, New Jersey, the Mm. four kids and the parents, um, they would drive us around different neighborhoods. And my dad's concept was somebody has to buy this. All we have to do is figure out how, what did they do to get this house. And then we just right. do those things So mm-hmm. he was able to reverse engineer it in a way that spoke to my sensibilities. I'm like, I just have to do the things to get the things. Right. Um, and that's actually a lot of what I teach now. You've got to do the things, not mm-hmm. buy the things you've actually got to do. <laughs> you can't buy the Peloton and think you're going to be some sort of cycling, you know, enthusiast. You have to get, get on, on it. <laughs> you got to do the things to get the things. Yeah, and that, you know, that's something. And more than once, and this is a, such a mistake as, cause we're talking about the goddess circle and, uh, living your best life in your forties. I think, um, in our fifties as I'm encroaching right. upon the fifth, the fifth floor, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm on your heels. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the big mistake and the big mistake, the question that people ask that I think is wrong is people ask, how do you stay motivated and inspired? Mm. And the truth is motivation and inspiration their emotions and your goals don't care how you feel. So if you wake up and you're not inspired, your goals don't give a shit. You got to get up and you got to do the things, right? Yeah, that's true. Oh, I, th- I thought I heard something. <laughs> yeah, my like Alexa, stop. <laughs> my Alexa's bringing a phone call. <laughs> Wait, who you... <laughs> no, 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 no worries. Um, but you know, with motivation and inspiration, those are you know that's not what's going to get you to the finish line. They are your friends. That show up at the barbecue when the grill is hot, the beers are cold and the music's jamming. That they're not, they're nowhere to be found at four o'clock in the morning when you need to get out of bed and you need to start hitting the ground running. We have to stop thinking it's about how do you stay motivated and inspired? We don't, (laughs) right? We don't. Those are emotions and emotions do not get you to the finish line. You need to focus on. 
They're fleeting. They're kind of, and I'm telling you, they only show up when the grill's hot. Beers are cold. Music's playing. It's the only time motivation shows up. Like you're coming out of the tunnel and you're like, you know, you're heading into the field and you've got your jersey on. That's when motivation and inspiration shows up. Not 4 a.m. when that alarm goes off and you're like, your eyes are like, oh, you know. Um, but who shows up is consistency, accountability, discipline, regimen, routine, honor, integrity. You know, these are things that you have to anchor yourself in and get rid of motivation and inspiration. Those guys are not reliable. They are fun to have at a party. (laughs) You can't rely on them. They're not going to get you to the finish line. They're, they, they aren't, they're not. And I think that's where society is moving is is confusing to the consumer Mm -hmm. and to the, to the end buyer. We're like, well, I bought the Peloton. Why am I not like, like running down the stairs and like so fit and fabulous. And why, where's my cute Lou and my hair's not blown out. Like you, you have this imagery and this ex- expectation <laughs> that is completely predicated on glamour and not grit. And right. you know, how I feel about that. It's the yes. grit behind the glamour that gets you, gets you the things. If you want the things, you got to do the things. So. Yeah. It's, um, it's something else. <laughs> Um, so what's the best thing about being a mom? You have three kids, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the best um, thing? What's the challenges that you've had from being a mom and a single mom too, right? After you got divorced. Yeah, I'm a divorced mom, um, for sure. And I, you know, I give the single mom label to those truly that are single moms, you know, or single dads. I'm actually dating a widower and I'm very like, I'm like, wow, you are a single dad. Yeah. Um, I'm a divorced mom for sure. Their, their dad mm. is very present, almost too present. I'm like, can you back off? Cause I'd really like more time with my kids. Um, so yeah. I do think that's fortunate. But I think the blessing in, with my three kids, um, and what's so funny is I'm like looking at my background and only one kid is in all three pictures. That's Gabe, Gabe, Gabe. And, but if you were to pan That's out, funny. you'd see the rest. I, I'm going to reshuffle <laughs> this so that y'all can see that I have three different children. Um, I have two boys and a girl. The blessing that I love is that I really enjoy the company of my kids. I enjoy yeah. being around them. They're, they're three different distinct personalities. Um, they, I enjoy hi, beautiful girl. Oh my God. And I can't wait someday to have grandkids, but let's hope I'm far away from that. Cause I got an 18 year old son to college. Hi, supermodel. You're, you're gorgeous. And I bet you enjoy the company of your humans as well. So yeah, that's what I, I really enjoy, um, spending time with them and that I've, I'm raising three people that I, I like having them around, you know, yeah. I don't find, you know, I think that's when <laughs> has that. Yeah, I mean, that's... I would like return to sender if they were like annoying. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's funny. I hear a lot of people will say when I tell them my kids ages, right. They're like, Oh, you're, you're almost done or you've been done or whatever it is. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you're not done until you're dead or they're dead. <laughs> That's how that works. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> what kind of parenting you're doing, but uh, no, it's really not going to happen. <laughs> it's so true. It just, it just uh, continues to evolve for sure. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and challenges, let's see, um, you know, I think just being a divorced mom and not being in their life every single day and not being able to control, not control. Cause I'm not a controlling mother. Um, I'm definitely Mm -hmm. more of like figure it out. That's what built me. And that's what I want to impart to my children. Like you confident kids are an extension of confident parents that are confident in them. Uh, so I'm very conscious to not be like, Ooh, be careful. Be careful. I don't do that. (laughs) 
I'm like, you got, uh, go figure it out, try it out. Okay. Let me know. You know, you know, you got this, you got this, you got, I'm very much like a confident kid, I think is a direct extension of confidence that's imparted onto them. Like, I believe in you, like give your best focus on the effort. So, and I just, I think being divorced and not seeing my kids every single day is not, um, not normal for a mother. Mm. I'm like, I am supposed to see you people every day. Um, (laughs) but it is not, you know, it's not, that's not in my cards and I'm not, you know, I've tried to come to, uh, a, a safe space with the acceptance of that. And how old are your kids? I've got one in college, Big G, the celebrity clearly behind me making all three pictures, <laughs> uh, Miami of Ohio, and uh, my son, uh, Max, is 16, and then Miss America, I've Milena, is 10, turning okay. 11 next week. Yeah, you still week. got kind of the fun developing ages, so <laughs> you made it through the, the teenage years almost with the last two, the first you two. Know, but- I seem to have like dodged whatever bullets people are saying with the teen. I don't know. I mean, my daughter's 10, so I might have a few, I might have some uh, battlefields that I've not been on yet. I'm sure I will. Um, But I'm, I'm combat ready, as you can see with my, uh, my army hat here, but I am, um, you know, I'm in it with, with them. And I Mm. believe that um, we'll get through anything together. I believe in unconditional love and I've had the opportunity to just to, um, to show them that like, you're going to yeah. make mistakes. You're not, a, you don't, you're going to make bad mistakes. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just right. a bad decision. It doesn't make you a bad person. Let's right. just course correct. And, um, you know, get back on the, get back in the game, but I, I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't know. I just seem to like, I just enjoy them even in their <laughs> teenage years. That's good. Let's I mean, keep on keeping yeah. on. And I'm like, my daughter is, <laughs> I thought I'd have all sons because I have three brothers mm. and um, I just, I, I don't know. Uh, I thought, Oh, I've got pregnant for the third time. I was like, definitely a dude. Cause I have two boys <laughs> and the doctor called her. It's a girl. I was like, Oh no, no, no. Oh, I'm a boy mom. You've, <laughs> I make boys and boys. They're bo- I make boys. This is what I do. Right. Um, and I tell my daughter because I love I love raising boys. I loved raising yeah. boys so much. I went for a third boy. I was like, I'm just going to keep <laughs> making boys because I love boys. But your granddaughter will appreciate this. I learned that my daughter was the greatest gift. I didn't know that I wanted. I was like, I didn't know I wanted a girl because yeah. now I know like, we'll do something like go see, like go like makeup shopping. Mm. I'm like, this is amazing. I like made a person to hang out with. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like this. And I tell her this. I'm like, this is so fun for me. Um, And not to the detriment of my boys, because my boys know that I loved them so much. I needed more of them. Um, But then my my daughter knows I wanted to have a boy. But I do tell her, I'm like, you, I did not know how great a girl would be. um, (laughs) So I'm super blessed that way. Two boys and a girl. I mean, man, the universe conspired in my favor for sure. Yeah, I have the opposite. I have two girls and a boy, and then mm-hmm. the grandkids. I have two girls and a boy. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I have six. Technically. What's on, What's on the way? Uh, we don't know yet. When yes. When's the due date? Um, March. So she's, oh, you're you're just she's just getting in gear. Yeah, she's just getting it. So and she's kind of thinking about not finding out, but I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> we'll see. But mm. yeah, I, I I need to know. I have no, yeah, I know, no, just, right? no delayed gratification for me. No. <laughs> it's helpful to know, let's just say. <laughs> so what legacy do you want to leave your kids mm-hmm. in the world? 
<clears throat> um, you know, I want them to, the legacy I hope to leave is the importance of looking out for the most vulnerable members of society. I believe you're judged by how you take care of those who can't take care of themselves. And, um, you know, that's an extension of having the gift of being raised with my brother and knowing that it is incumbent for all those able-bodied people to look out for the most, to the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other is to use your voice in ad advocacy of what's right. Um, mm -hmm. and that is not always easy, but doing what's right and doing what's easy are never on the same path. I mean, every once in a while, yeah. maybe, I don't know. I would say, <laughs> you know, but not always are they on the same track and speak up, even if your voice shakes, you know, Ruth yeah. Bader Ginsburg, um, some of the things that I stand for are not popular, um, but I have really come to a very safe space of like not contorting myself to make other people like me or approve of me or to fit in or to belong. I am not here to do that. I'm here to live at the highest and best expression of myself. And part of that is being authentically me and using the, my voice and the strength of my voice to advocate for what I truly believe to be right. And it is not popular, but in my heart and with every core of my being, I know it to be right. And I want to empower my kids to not go to be popular, but to go to their truth. And when you're speaking your truth and you are speaking at the highest expression of yourself, you can emancipate yourself from mm -hmm. the needs of pleasing others. And it yeah. is not easy, but that emancipation from needing approval and fitting in and belonging is truly liberating, but it's part yeah. of it. It's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. Because Listen, people come at you when you're speaking what you want to speak about, but when you are aligned with your core principles of like, I, I believe what I'm saying. I believe mm -hmm. in the intentionality is to serve others. I believe I went through what I went through to use it in service to help others. And I cannot dim my light so that I can contort into a box to make people like me. I think that's part of my legacy is what I might say might not be popular, but I know it to be my truth and I'm going to stand for what I believe in. And I'm okay with, it's a hill I'll die on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a, look, I'm 49. I'm like, I just got, you know, I'm just climbing up that hill. I like to be liked. I want to be liked. I want to win. Yeah. I want to be win Miss Congeniality. I want to be queen of the prom, <laughs> homecoming queen. I want in. But I right. realize um, that's not the legacy that I want to leave. The legacy is all about living at the highest expression of myself, being, being truth, being truthful, advocacy for the most vulnerable mm. and uh, speaking for those who can't speak for themselves. So, yeah, I love that. It's important. For sure. Yeah. So Barbara, this has been a fantastic conversation. What do you have coming up that we can support you on? Yeah. So I am launching um, a several different programs to help people move from information to transformation by taking action. Okay. Um, I think you've done a couple of my courses, the 90 day summer series. I'm actually yes. launching a seven day transformation accelerator. And it is actually the prequel to anything that you want to do, whether you want to launch on an exercise initiative, you want to learn how to make money, you want to change your careers, health, wealth, or happiness. I, I You need to take my seven day course because because again, information doesn't lead to transformation, action does. And there are seven pillars, seven principles of transformation that I think people are missing in their embarkment of 
um, self-development. It's like buy, people are buying cars expecting to drive across country, but they don't have the <laughs> gas, they don't have the spare tire, and they don't have the map. And that's yeah. what I'm giving people. I'm like, go buy whatever car you want. Whether you want to embark on that, like, I want to be in the best shape of my life. I right. want to make more money. I want to create generational wealth. Mm. I want to, uh, I want the best. I want to be happy in my relationships. If those are your verticals that you want to embark on, you need these seven principles so that it's an accelerator program. These seven principles to accelerate your transformation are imperative in or before, (laughs) like you cannot get in that car. You're going to run out of gas. Your tires are going to fall off. You're not going to change the tires and you're not going to, you're going to turn around and come home. You're literally going to catch an Uber home because you've screwed up the car and it's not going to work. And these seven principles that I have deployed in all areas of my life. And you know, Mama don't, Mama not, you know, I I got a few shekels in the bank. I have been able to create great personal wealth for myself. Um, I've managed to run the New York City Marathon twice, whether it's health, wealth, or personal development. These are pillars of transformation. I'm super passionate awesome. about it because I it's an accelerator. It. Like you want to get in shape. Don't start yet. Come don't buy another supplement. Do not right. buy another Peloton. Do not buy another <laughs> book. Do not. You have to do this program with me. I promise it is going to. I think people don't finish what they start because they don't know how, or they don't start because they are scared. They're not going to finish. And now I have these seven pillars of transformation. I'm like, I'm obsessed with them. So I'm like, no, no, I'll get you. I'll get you there. And then you can lean on it in any endeavor. You're going to, you're going to love it. Everyone's going to love it. It's going to change the way people uh, start initiatives. And actually the program makes you money because there's certain things I do in there that are really, really good. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, tra- it's so, it's so transformative. Like I can't wait. It's going to launch in October. I'm doing it live because I think people need more live programs and not these yeah. automated ones. Don't get me wrong. I will have an automated, but I want to do the first one live yeah. take people through it because one of the exercises that I do is discarding and getting rid of things. And the just mm-hmm. the act of discarding, you know how in my other programs I talk about water because it yeah. flushes out toxins, but toxic right. thoughts. The act of discarding and like getting rid of things is really another metaphor of we're going to discard toxic narratives, toxic beliefs, because we've mm-hmm. got to get them out of the way because right. they're, they're clogging up the inner, the inner, the inner highway, which this is the, the accelerator is what goes on here. And you've got to clear the highway. We've got to get rid of the debris and the crap. So one of the exercises is actually discarding shit in your house, but understanding in that process as every item that you get rid of and you sell, or we're going to go through how to like, you got to get rid of stuff. It's no longer working for you to make space for new narratives, new initiatives. So abundance can flow. You right. can't have abundance if you're all clogged up. Like the um, arteries yeah, are yeah. clogged, kids. <laughs> the, the, the brain artery is clogged with clutter and crap right. and narratives. And we're going to like, we're going to, you know, of course there'll be a water component because I'm like, we got to flush that shit out the door. <laughs> um, but the, the discarding part and teaching people how to like get rid of stuff. Right. That's a big deal. People that keep way too much stuff. This will be like the best program because you'll actually, by the end, you'll be like a thousand dollars richer. You'll be like, I just, (laughs) I had this thing and I put it on eBay and I'm going to be like, no, no, no. You're selling something in these seven days. Okay. You're going to get, you're going to sell them because I want, (laughs) but you almost sometimes need, right, Kara, somebody to sit your ass down and be like, 
today we're <laughs> scheduling three hours of discarding and right. selling. That's yeah. or, or your or it's a guard to everyone can pick their pick their pathway of discardment. Yeah. But I'm I'm making people sit down and be like, what are we purging? <laughs> purge, purge. Know, that's right. Because <laughs> when somebody's like, no, you don't, you can't go to day two until you show me the picture of what you purged and where, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm in oh, the, do God. and just like to land that I'm in the, the space of doing, not talking about stuff, not, right. I'm not here to, you know, the motivation inspire cotton candy. I'm in the space of like. <laughs> results and you want to transform you have to do the things to get the things That's you got to get rid of shit and you got to get rid of narratives so yeah. that when i come in with like okay this is what we're going to bring in this is Ooh. where we're going to focus and how we're going to get the get the arteries declogged and get that highway on accelerate you're going on the autobahn we're on the autobahn to transformation. Okay. I'm going to put everybody. So if anybody's interested in joining my autobahn and going from information to transformation in an accelerated way, you can just, um, DM me uh, autobahn. <laughs> Find me on Instagram. All the information's there. My website. Um, I'm doing a free live masterclass. I'll be doing courses, but this is my, this is my zone of genius. I'm like, I love it. Yeah. Auto. So Hashtag Barbara Majeski on everything on yeah. IG, uh, Google me, Facebook, man. You can find me all Twitter. the things. Yeah, no, I'm not on Twitter. I, I got permanently okay. kicked off Twitter. I don't actually know what I did. But I'm like, okay. what did I do? Yeah, That's I'm like, weird. all right. Uh, yeah, it was actually weird. They're like, you were abusive. I'm like, I actually didn't have a single original thought on Twitter. <laughs> I only reposted stuff. I'm like, if that's abusive, I don't know, but. Anywho, uh, that's not going to slow my roll. You can, yeah. have, so no tweeter. They are lost without you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. Them. My dad goes, I'm so proud of you. You got kicked off Twitter. You must've been speaking your mind. And I was like, I, <laughs> I really wasn't. <laughs> so I thought oh, it is oh, only me, only me. So anyway, Kara, I loved this. This was so fun and I'm glad we yes. got to reconnect and hopefully we uh, got the, we got what you needed. We did. It was perfect. You know, as you said, third time is the charm. Third time's a charm. Yeah. I said that with my, my marriage because my husband was married three times, but maybe it's not. <laughs> well, it's third time's Rare. a charm with third three strikes and you're out. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I tell, I'm like, don't. I'm like, I think you're done. Just <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't always work out, but it's good. It's and good. It still works out. Let's just say, I, I, you know what? Listen, I never say my marriage was a failure. It, we took it as far as we could go. I have three amazing kids. Again, I appreciate their company, their kindness, their humor. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, I'll live in my best life. So yes, yeah, you can find me exactly. at Barbara Majeski all over the place, except Twitter because Twitter don't, <laughs> don't like me. Screw you, Twitter. Right. You're missing exactly. my tweets. They're all messed up anyway with whatever Elon's doing over there. So whatever. Maybe Elon, I'll Who buy knows? a Tesla. Give me, give me, give me back on that. I don't care. Come to my Autobahn, everybody. Autobahn yes. to transformation. Yes. It's, it's what been everybody's been pining for. So I'm excited to launch it. It's been a fantastic conversation, Barbara. Can't wait to see you in Florida in a couple of weeks. And we'll have this conversation again at some point too. 100%. All right, Kara, have a great day. I'll see you soon. You too. Thanks.